Hi, I'm Jessica Schiller Silverman, and I want to warmly welcome you to the Alive Podcast, where wellness and business come to life. I stepped away from a six figure career in venture capital in San Francisco to start my own venture, all inspired initially from a podcast. Learn how in this powerful show full of golden nuggets that will help you learn how you can come alive in your creative prowess while creating financial and energetic flow. Each episode will uncover my secrets to debunking the starving artist myth. Come on, enjoy the ride and come alive with me. The Live Vibrant Sisterhood is calling women who seek to reignite the feminine within, to soften and surrender, and reawaken her soul signature to rediscover the lost parts of herself. We are inviting you to speak up instead of staying safe in your silence or feeling alone in your emotions every day, to feel courageous and empowered in your choices, to stand tall in your truth and not be afraid to speak up, to find your way independent of the world's demands on your time and energy, to release repressed emotions that are keeping you stuck in spirals, to know yourself like never before. As the great Aristotle said, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom, to live a vibrant life. Are you ready to live vibrant? Take a peek at bit.ly backslash livevibrant2022. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Alive Podcast. Today, I am honored to be in conversation with Maya Roffler. Maya Roffler is the founder of My Opinion Podcast and Brand. She is a podcaster, entrepreneur, advocate, investor, and more. She is also the host of the Surviving Siblings Podcast. Her podcast, My Opinion, is a leadership podcast for women where she shares her opinion about leadership her journey through corporate America and entrepreneurship, and she invites onto the show inspiring women who are leaders from all different walks of life. From the creation of the My Opinion podcast, she also mentors women how to be the leader of your life. In her opinion, and I quote, we have leadership entirely backwards, and I help women see that they are already leaders. Before you step into a role where you're leading a team, it is imperative to know yourself and who you are as a leader first. I created this mentoring group and one-on-one mentoring because I wish I had this when I was promoted to leadership roles at such a young age. Welcome to the Alive Podcast, Maya. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Jessica. What a what an intro. Wow, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all you. That's all you. Ah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, that's it is all me. It definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all it's all right. I, I can't take the credit, right? It's yeah. it's your story. It's your bio um, and everything you've accomplished. But before we get into all that, I always like to start with learning more of the woman behind the curtain. So who is Maya Roffler? Well, you've already mentioned all my titles, podcaster, investor, entrepreneur, um, but those are surface things, right? Those are things that I do. Um, I'm really a determined person. I'm probably the most determined person you will ever meet or I'm up there with those people. Um, I remember learning at a really young age, my determination really is what 
drives me and, and beats out a lot of other people at things. Um, I've also realized that, you know, determination and um, consistency beats talent every single time because I'm not always the smartest person or the most talented person in the room, but I'm definitely the most determined. So that's definitely who I am. I love that. A tenacious spirit, just like myself. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And and I was reading a lot as I mentioned the conversation um, listeners, you weren't privy to that before recording this episode, but I read a lot about Maya and what she does and sort of her background really mirrors mine. So I was really excited to have that conversation about, you know, how you transition from the corporate career, which is you're basically a leader under someone else's right vision, dream, mission, right? To starting your own. But where would you say your story, and you could start at any point that you, whatever resonates with your soul in the moment, where does your story really take wings? Oh, I always start about 12, 13 years ago when I got promoted to corporate America when I was 22 years old. Yes, I'm not ashamed to say how old I am. I'm 35, almost 36. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people. Um, I remember getting promoted to, I worked for a company called Joseph Bank, a predominantly male company, even though it was fashion, right? Um, It's now owned by uh, Men's Warehouse. I'm sure you guys know those brands. I was 22 years old and I got promoted to corporate America. And it was life-changing for me because I was running a store for them out of college. I was trying to figure out if I wanted to go back to school. I was, believe it or not, going to go into the Peace Corps. That was an an option for me. Um, Just, yeah, a couple different avenues. I was a writer, which I still am, but I was publishing a couple of things. So just kind of, you know, a a normal 22-year-old, right, going in a bunch of different directions. And I got a call. I was the youngest store manager for the company at the time and definitely the youngest woman, maybe not today, hopefully not today, but um, definitely at the time. And I got a call from a woman who had just come on board and uh, her name is Dawn. She's now one of the most incredible mentors I've ever had. Um, And I thought I was just testing a program in my store. I had no idea this was a job interview. And my then boss at the time called me after I had the conversation with her And he asked me, how did it go? How'd your interview go? And I was like, what? This was an interview? What are you talking about? And then I started freaking out because I realized this was a huge opportunity to go to corporate at 22 years old. And I'd be traveling all across the country and developing three different programs. And so I totally thought I blew it. And this was like a Thursday or a Friday, something like that. Well, Monday, I I get a call from my boss and he's like, you're going to get a call. And I'm like, about what? He's like, just expect a call. And it was her. And I was on a flight within like 24, 48 hours. And that changed my life. Honestly. I mean, how couldn't it? Yeah. So that's really where my story begins. You know, I was 22 years old and I uh, created three different programs for Joseph Bank under her. And then there were other, other um, bosses I worked for, fortunately and unfortunately. And I learned a whole lot during that time and traveled the entire country. So that's really where my story began and changed my life. Wow, that is amazing. And first of all, congratulations at the age of 22. Yeah, having that kind of a career in yeah, a big corporation. I mean, most of us know Joseph A. Banks or Men's Warehouse, at least here in the United States. Um, So kudos to you for accomplishing that again at such a young age. But where would you say that transitioned, right? So you're no longer with Joseph A. Banks now. Um, How did your corporate career in general make you feel caged? Yeah, great question. So I was with Joseph Bank for seven years. I was at corporate for three. 
um, just shy of three years. And when they were going through the potential, it was at the time men's would potentially acquire them. There were some things happening. I had taken this program from zero, just one of the programs, zero to $25 million in less than, than three years. And so another company that most of you women listening will know, David's Bridal, had their eye on me for a while, and I ended up going to work for them. And that was really pivotal and serious for me in my corporate experience because they were a privately owned company versus a public. So I had a very different experience, even though it's still corporate America, a very different experience, went through a couple different um, sales of the company, trading hands. Um, but it was the best corporate experience I had because just overall the culture, I saw really good culture and I saw really negative culture, um, for both companies. And so when that four year tenure ended, I then went on to uh, a high position like here in Atlanta, um, doing something totally different. And then what really changed everything for me was losing my brother, losing my brother to a homicide. And I was, I just turned 30 years old. I was, you know, on this reality show and I had this really high power job. And so I really had to look at my job, my life, everything and say, what is important to me? And for the first time in my life, I quit my job and had no idea what I was going to do. And so that evolved the entrepreneurial side to me. And that was really the beginning of this whole experience. And, you know, I launched this podcast, uh, My Opinion, in 2017, and then the new iteration of it, Leadership in 2019, and then um, trademarked myself. And how I really went from corporate to a true entrepreneur was I started working for uh, startups in um, 2017, after the loss of my brother. And I started creating these programs for them, trade show programs, different programs that I had done, training programs. And some of them were startup companies. Some of them were companies like AT&T. I mean, they were not all small companies. And I thought, if I can do this for other people, I can do this for myself. And so when the pandemic hit, that's really when I finally went out 150% on my own, but I already had some of it kind of curated in the background. So that's the full story of how this this came to be. And now I just keep adding things to my plate. So that's kind of my Achilles heel now, but yeah, that's how this all started. Yeah. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing not only your story, but, but the vulnerability of, of your brother. Um, you know, it, it, it pains my heart to hear that. So just let you know that my thoughts are with you and, and I know it's never easy to share uh, something like that. Um, I've actually never shared this ever publicly, but I guess now feels like the divine time. Um, I've had homicide in my family as well um, when I was very young, so I didn't really get to know them, but both of my uncles. Um, and I know just the the pain and the trauma that that causes to a family, um, not only to you, but everyone involved. So um, I'm with you. I'm with you there. So yeah, I'm sorry uh, for your, lo- no. your losses. That's yeah. Homicide is, is a whole whole thing. Yeah. It took me five years to produce the the podcast for my brother. So it, wow. it takes time and it, it's with you for life. So even if you didn't know your, um, mm-hmm. your uncles that well, it's, it's still a generational thing, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I have like goosebumps, like all my hairs are standing up and yeah. like, I, I call them my angels. Like they've influenced so much of what I have done, yeah. not only in my life, but in my business. Um, things I didn't even know, like I named certain programs, something, and then my mom would say, wow, that was like your uncle's favorite word or your fa- that's what his name means. And it's just like all these synchronicities, which again is a whole nother 
podcast conversation. Um, but again, thank you for sharing your story, how you grew. I'm amazed that David Bridal was a better experience for you. Yeah. Um, so that's amazing. How did you know, though, you were made in that kind of transition? How did you know you were made for more? Like, I know there's probably someone listening or just so many people, especially since the pandemic, uh, are just feeling especially depressed, anxious, right? Mental health is kind of at an all-time high. They're just feeling like they lost their sense of being in the world. And where where did that shift sort of come for you? So there's two times this happened for me. Um, well, it happened, let me take it back, more granular. It happens every day when you're an entrepreneur, which you probably know, Jessica. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> you kind of like go through the highs and lows every day. Yes. So there's the granular, yep. there's the micro, and then there's the macro. But my two macro points were in, in 2017, um, when I started working for more startups and then creating these programs from scratch and not really staying with companies for long periods of time because I had had these two, seven and four years. Like that's a long time for our, our age group, right? Again, I'm 35. You might have some listeners younger than me or older, but still, I mean, we're not in our, you know, sixties or seventies where people stay for 30 years, 40 years at a company anywhere. It just doesn't happen. Right. It's very rare. So I had had quite a long tenure at both companies considering the time that we're in. And so as I saw myself going in, kind of accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish and then getting out, I was like, this would be really cool to do. Like, is this a thing? So that was kind of an epiphany for me. And I also saw myself getting more fulfilled, but that wasn't the right way to do it, right? Take a job, go in, fulfill, and then get bored and move on. No, that's, I started to realize, oh, that's acquiring a client. (laughs) That's like working with someone and you can potentially grow with that client. That's where the relationship changes. So that was kind of a macro moment for me as I started to um, work with different companies and I started to move through them and I'm like, okay, I, I need to really think about this. And also realizing the name of my podcast and understanding that I could brand under that and create an LLC. And so that all started in 2017, but it really came to fruition in uh, 2019 and 2020 when I was working. There was two different companies I worked for um, and I was just unhappy. I was really unhappy. I liked being a leader. I had one company, I had a large team under me and I enjoyed that aspect. And the other company, I enjoyed the event side of what I was doing, but it wasn't going anywhere. And I had no control over my life. And so I think I did I didn't go into it expecting to like work less. I knew I was going to work a whole lot more. So that's advice to everyone out there. If you think you're going to work less, you're not, you're going to work a whole lot more, but it's so much more fulfilling. And I knew that, and I knew I had been what you call an entrepreneur. And that term, like I started to realize what that was starting in like 2018 and some of 2017. And that's when you create things within a company. If you guys don't know what that is, an entrepreneur is when you're creating things within a company. So not every entrepreneur is meant to be an entrepreneur, but I always say that entrepreneurs that are unhappy or are restless are probably entrepreneurs, but some people argue with me on that, but that's again, just my opinion. So um, (laughs) no pun intended. No pun intended. This is why my name is out there, but yeah, those are probably two, the, the macro moments for me because I really wanted to be the driver of my own destiny. It's kind of cliche, I guess, but it, it really is true. And being able to, you know, drive forward with the things that are working and the things that aren't working, you know, you don't have that control when you're working for someone else. And sometimes even when you're working with a client and things aren't working, you don't. So I needed to really, I needed to have a, some sort of sense of control. I think that was a big in, inspiration behind it for me. 
Yeah, yeah. And and I really resonated with what you said earlier, which also resonates with what an entrepreneur, which I had never heard that term before. So thank you for clarifying yeah. that for me, is when you're a creator or you have it even just inherent within you, you said I was creating for other people. So why couldn't I do it for myself? Mm-hmm. Right. And when I sat at my desk, I was in corporate finance for 15 years, literally hitting the button venture capital for venture capital funds funding their dreams. And same thought came came upon me. Why am I pressing the button and literally funding other people's dreams when I have my own? Like I literally sat with a notebook at my desk, like old school, just a notebook. And I would just journal about all these things that I wanted to do and create and be in the world. And finally, it just came to a breaking point for me where I was just like, enough's enough. Like I am, and that's why I asked you the question, I am made for more. Like I just knew yeah. that within my heart center right? But I think there's so many people that are out there that let life circumstances kind of get in the way or like, oh, I won't have stable income or, oh, you know, I have a family and how can I provide for them, right? And did you have any of those thoughts like as you were transitioning and how were you able to kind of move through some of the resistance that might come up? Really, really good question, Jessica. I don't often get asked something like this. And I'm really glad you're asking this because we can always hear the inspirational story. We can always hear the why or, you know, the what and all of that. Mm -hmm. But we don't always hear like the nitty gritty stuff. So really great question. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So in 2017, I failed. (laughs) I failed really horribly. So um, you know, and I think people need to hear that. And I talk very openly about that on the, my opinion podcast on my solo episodes. I mean, I talk about it when I interview people as well, but their stories are more important to be heard during that time, but I'll interject, but I'm very open about it. Um, you know, the first iteration of my opinion was really, first of all, I was in deep mourning, right. In 2017, my brother had just been uh, killed in November of, uh, 2016. I didn't know what the heck was going on with my life. Right. So, and, and here I am, I've gotten bit by the entrepreneurial bug finally. And I realized this is what I want to do. So I did go out and start doing some things on my own and then ended up getting sucked into going back to companies. So I saw it as a failure. Now I look at it as a failure, but timing and in a good thing and learning And I needed to make money because I took time off. And, you know, the podcast at the time was about reality TV. And I didn't want to talk about that forever. I mean, I did a dating show that wasn't going to be my be all end all. Right. So we made some money off that, but it was kind of like a whirlwind. So I guess my piece of advice from that macro event in that time period is that's normal, you know, and it's okay to fail and it's okay to not get it right the first time because I sure didn't. And so I had to go back to the drawing board and I'm so glad I did because I ended up meeting my husband at one of my jobs that would never would have happened, never would have happened. Um, so life has a way of working itself out. That's definitely some advice I would give people. It sounds so cliche as well, but it really does. And so when I was ready to move forward, when I started thinking about this in 2019, I really made the leap. I went all in, in 2020, like hundred percent. in. I was dabbling in 2019 and went all in in 2020. Um, yeah, it was the pandemic, Jessica. So, uh, yeah, um, my husband's a chef and I was doing events. So did we have financial concerns? Absolutely. Um, my husband, you know, he could have been laid off at any time. Um, I was concerned about how I was going to do events. Um, but I look, I remember looking at my husband, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to make it happen. And 
lucky enough for me, I have a husband who trusts me implicitly and I made it happen. And I kind of felt guilty about this in a lot of interviews in 2021 because I had one of the best financial years ever in 2020 because I really made this commitment to myself first, then to my family. And I really thought about what was going to work. And, you know, for my event uh, company that I launched, I knew virtual was working. So I went all in on virtual and it worked. And I started getting clients and, you know, doing those relationships. And I, went all in on the podcast and I went all in on my brand and, you know, pivoted on things that didn't work. And I still had failures and things that weren't working. And so, yeah, I mean, but you have to go all in and you have to really believe in yourself and you can't be afraid of kind of stepping back financially because I took some financial steps back to leap way forward. So that would be a piece of advice too. Like if you're so worried about, um, taking a little bit of a step back or making some sacrifices, I would say it's probably not the right. I mean, this is harsh sometimes to say to people, but it's probably not the right time because you make time sacrifices, you make financial sacrifices and you have to be ready for that. And if you're in a committed relationship, marriage, whatever you're in partnership, that person has to be with you too. That was really key. So yeah. Oh, so the short answer is yes, lots of things. We had to make that commitment though. And I'm sitting here now two plus years later, really happy I I did. I made those sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. So many golden nuggets. Thank you really for expanding and really sharing that with us. And I kind of want to reiterate some of them because I think for anyone listening that, first of all, that you brought up the fact that failure is a part of the journey. And I think And thank you for acknowledging my question that I even asked that because again, this is an entrepreneurial slash more of a mental health podcast, right? And that's what drives mental health is the expectation that things are always going to be perfect, right? And especially in entrepreneurship, the first year, right? It's exciting. You just launched, you have a new brand, right? You're excited to get out there on social media. And then what happens when things don't go, right? Exactly as planned, how do we pivot? Mm-hmm. Right. And then you gave us some beautiful advice. Like, number one, you have to just go all in. You have to be committed. Right. And as you mentioned earlier, the waves, right. Depending on the day, like I'll let you know, depending on the day. I mean, that's how it is for me. You know, yeah. some days are good days. Some days are not. But you have to be willing to ride those waves emotionally and financially. Mm-hmm. Right. That whole financial piece. Right. Step back to go forward. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to take those risks. And then thirdly, which a lot of people don't talk about, but is amazing that you did, is you have to have your spouse slash family's support. Yep. Because I've coached a lot of women that did not. And right, that's never going to be sort of a long-term business. And I'm blessed. I know you've been in business many years now. For me, it's you know going on eight years. And I'm blessed that I had my then boyfriend, now husband's support all along the way. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even talking financial support because there was a time when we both weren't working. Actually, I started my business when neither of us had a job and we were living in San Francisco, which is the most, one of the most expensive cities in the United (laughs) States. So it's like, talk about like having my back against the wall. Um, but really being committed to making it work. I just kept telling myself, I can't not do this. Like I am made for this. And, and I, I feel that same tenacious spirit within you of like just being uber committed to your mission, to your goal, to all the work that you do to your clients. And I think that's what helps us all go the extra mile. Yeah, I agree. Good for you. Yeah. San Francisco is so expensive. Yes, yes, yes. I <laughs> work is, for companies out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful place to live, but um, long-term, if you want to buy a house and settle down and, you know, have kids and all that, 
uh, it's a little bit challenging unless you lived there like 30, 40 years ago and are established. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good for you. But I'm back closer. You're in Atlanta now? Yes. Yeah, I'm in Florida, so I'm not far from you. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. A little bit south. Yep, yep. I'm born and raised here. So just basically came back to my roots and uh, been here three, four years now. And it's great. I also lived in California or sorry, Chicago for a stint. So it's where I met my husband. Nice. Way too cold for me, but it's an awesome city. (laughs) Way. That's why I left eventually. It's really beautiful, especially in the summer. But if you can handle like nine months of, you know, bipolar weather, as I like to call it, Mm -hmm. um, then you're okay. But I like the hot, sunny, warm weather here in Florida. So it Mm -hmm. suits us well. Um, So how, how did your My Opinion brand come to life? So it's... It's not that interesting of a story. Some people think it's really cool, but I, it's not that interesting. So it was, the name is great. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone loves the name. Everyone loves the name. Um, so it was a nickname. (laughs) That was it. Um, I, and I say it all the time, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, I say it all the time. So to go back, I, um, started the podcast in 2017. I had no intention of ever doing a podcast. I had no intention of ever, having a brand under that name or anything like that. But after going on this dating show, I, you know, lost my brother. A lot of things happened in my life. And like I was mentioning earlier, this macro realization of, you know, potentially I want to go out on my own. And so I started to do those things. So I had a friend that I had known for a really long time in the trade show world. And he had done radio for 20 something years. He's older than me. And he just told me, you've got to do a podcast. Like you are perfect for this. You're so opinionated. He's like, you need to use your little nickname. And so he kept coming up with different iterations for it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I fought him like tooth and nail on it. Finally, he convinces me in like March and the show came on in April. And so we started talking about the show and just kind of explaining the background of it and what had happened. And, you know, I did an episode talking about my brother and that was like the first time I talked about it. And I didn't go into a whole lot of detail because it was an open case at the time, but I told just kind of my emotional story behind it, which I didn't realize at the time, but that was quite early to be doing that six, seven ish months after he had, um, you know, been murdered. So it was, I, I didn't realize at the time how, you know, fast forward that was, but anyway, um, so that's how the name came to be, you know, it kind of evolved from there and different things like that. But I came back to the name and kept the name in 2019 when I relaunched the podcast after four seasons with that. Um, and then I made it leadership branding because I came from leadership. I led teams, you know, at Dave, I was over 600 something stores at Joseph bank. I, David's I had a hundred and something direct reports. So I had a lot of leadership experience and I'd led teams, all the way up until I left, you know, corporate America or even these small companies um, in 2019, 2020. So I knew that was something I wanted to talk about and share about. And like you mentioned in my bio in the beginning, I wanted something for Maya at 22, 23 that didn't know, you know, walking into a room with nothing but 45-year-old to 65-year-old white males what you should be doing in corporate America, right? Right. What's normal, what's not normal. And I had to learn those things hard way. So, you know, I, I wanted that for women, you know, for women of all ages and for, you know, all ethnicities and backgrounds. And so that's why it's now branched out to be, you know, to have guests on and give their input as well as they grow companies or, you know, whatever they're doing. It's mostly um, women who are, you know, CEOs, EVPs, VPs, things like that. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, that's really where the brand came from. And I trademarked it about a year ago. It took over a year for that to come in. And so it just kind of keeps evolving and how to be the leader of your life is our mantra. And I, I do believe we have leadership backwards, as you mentioned. Um, I wish someone had told me that because I had to figure out, you know, leadership as I went along, but the reality is you're already a leader right now, before you ever step foot out into the world, you're leading your own life. I don't care if you're in high school right now or in middle school, you're already the leader of your life. And so I think it's really important to empower women to know that. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And thank you for going there. I definitely wanted to go in that direction, but before we go there, I just want to say, and I think I told you this via email, but the listeners may not be privy. That's actually how I connected with you. So I watched the reality show that you were on, mm-hmm. um, Married at First Sight. Mm-hmm. And I forget the name. It was Married at First Sight Unmatchable or something. Second Chances. Yep. Second Chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen all of them. So I forget which mm-hmm. one it was. And I just really, like, I looked you up and I saw you at a podcast and I was just like, this girl's awesome. Like, there's just something about you. Like, it's funny. You can watch a reality show and maybe some of it's reality. Maybe it's not. But like. I just felt like connected to you. And I was like, I have to get to know her more. And so I looked you up on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, she has a podcast. Oh my gosh, the same background as me, right? She's in leadership and, you know, leaving the corporate world. Um, so just funny how like that, that happened. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't even, sometimes when people of influence or people that have been on TV think that I reach out, it's because of that. And it's like the exact opposite. Like I actually yeah. just had, she was my last episode, Tanya Nyack from HGTV and Food Network. And that's the first thing she asked me before we started the episode. She was like, well, what made you reach out? Mm-hmm. And I just said, honestly, it's it's not really like what you've done, which is amazing. I mean, she's a very talented person, but it was like something about her that I felt like I, I wanted to know the soul of like who she is. Like, and that's what this podcast is really all about. Like the person behind all of that, like what, what drove you to do what you did it is a matter of your character, right? And who you are. And so- just to make a long story short, I just felt that, you know, you were just a good fit for the podcast and you would be a really great conversation. So just really an honor to have you here today. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I think that's awesome a really reality cool. show. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's really, I mean, how funny is that? That was like, oh God, that aired five years ago now. <laughs> oh my God. No, I just watched yeah. it, but that's fine. Yeah, I know yeah. we still get messages all the time. And so I always give people advice. Don't ever do anything that's on social media, reality television, and mm. don't ever do anything that you will regret. Just some piece of side advice there <laughs> for your listeners. But um, no, I think that's beautiful, Jessica. I really think so, because I know a lot of people, and I've done a lot of interviews more so in the past, um, when I had a little bit more bandwidth, uh, that just wanted to interview me about the show. And obviously when the show came out, and that was yeah. fine. Um, but I think, you know, that's one thing. But I think it is really important because people think they know someone when they see them on TV, but these shows are extremely edited. Um, You know, most of what you (laughs) see on TV is not real. Um, A lot of it is scripted. And so, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. It is. Yeah. But um, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you reached out. This is a really cool podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I got that sense. That's why I said reality, like in air Mm -hmm. quotes, because I don't know how much of it is real, but, but I do enjoy watching. So I'm still a fan. I still watch the show. Oh, it's fun. Um, Every season. It's fun. It's fun. So, um, so what would you say? Let's talk a little bit more about leadership. So you said we have it all backwards. What what is leadership really to you? And what do you feel just the evolution of society? I mean, especially in the last few years, do you feel like we're getting it right? Do you feel like women 
have a better place or a seat at the table? Because just like you, I worked in corporate finance, which is very alpha male. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So talk about like the 22 year old. I mean, I started in the corporate world also around that age, working in mortgages and banks and same thing. It was like, I was typically the only woman in the room. And then as I climbed the corporate ladder, right, then I was in managerial positions where again, in big meetings, I was the only woman in the room. And there were so many instances where I tried to speak up but I was silenced and I didn't want to attribute that and like go in victim mode and say, it's because I'm a woman, but that's kind of just the reality. Like I even worked at a company where I did the payroll and the finances and saw that there was a man, uh, my age who same role, same education actually was getting his MBA. I already had my MBA and got paid $30,000 more than I did for the Mm -hmm. same position. So it's, it's a very real thing. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I hear that story <laughs> all the time and it, it like boils me like, oh my God, like my nerves yeah, just I'm go boiling myself. Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. About it. Um, so this is a big question. So I will try to answer it, um, the best that I can, because this is why I have, you know, the reiteration of the podcast and over a hundred episodes in just yeah. on this topic, because yeah. It's a big topic, right? And just talking about women in general and leadership is a big topic. So um, to kind of dissect what you were saying or asking about, do I think that we're moving in the right direction? Yes. Do I think it's fast enough? No. Um, I think we can be doing better. Um, Do I think as each year is passing, are we getting better? And is it more rapid, the pace that we're getting better? Yes, I think so, because we are... Um, I think the pandemic pushed us forward a whole lot. I really do because everybody was so engaged in TikTok, Instagram, you know, here, podcasts, you know what I mean? So we're bringing awareness to a lot of social issues. Um, There's some social issues that, you know, I think, you know, there's my opinion on them and then there's opinions of, you know, other people. And then there's some that are really important, like leadership. There's some that have gotten highlighted that are really important and need to be out there. And then there's some that I'm like, okay, you know, we could kind of move on from that, but leadership is up there, right. For women and women's, I mean, hello, we're talking about a lot of women's rights right now again. So that's why I'm hesitant to say we're moving really far because there's some things that I think kind of hold us back. So I'm a little bit on the fence there with, are we moving in the right direction? Yes, rapidly in some ways. And then I'm a little bit scared about other things. So it is what it is. All we can do is continue to educate and to move forward because I truly believe, I say this all the time, that the future is female. And this is such a typical phrase to say, right? And I sometimes get a lot of odd looks because a lot of my clients are men when in my event logistics business. And I get really weird looks from them. And I have to explain that I'm not talking about like, Jessica, you're a woman. I'm a woman. I'm not talking about like, we're all going to take over like, you know, the Wonder Woman Island and it's just going to be all women. That's not what I mean. I have a husband. I love my husband. That's not what I'm talking about. I love guys. It's no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying that women have so many traits that they bring to leadership that is is a, a game changer. And when you and I were starting out in corporate America, it was male dominant, not just with men, but with the way that men lead. And yes. Yes. one of my most listened to episodes, Jessica, is um, it's called the gender of leadership. And it's talking about how every single person has both male and female characteristics, right? And so embracing that is very important, but leadership, you have to embrace that because, you know, women tend to be more empathetic. 
And empathy in leadership is it's essential. And so we are moving in the direction of leadership and really embracing empathy. And so men embracing that and learning from women in that aspect, that's why I'm saying the future is female, right? And then also women, you know, we've learned the side and how to be more male and to, we know those characteristics. It's about men developing the the gender side, right? So Mm -hmm. of us. So again, this is a very loaded question. There's a lot of things to unpack here, but leadership to me, it starts within you and for you and by you so that you can be the best person for your team. And this is cliche as well, but it's so true. Um, Every leader that thinks their people work for them will fail. I promise you, you'll fail every single time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you work for your people and, you know, I see this all the time too. I'm sure you do too, Jessica, that, you know, when you start your own company, or even if you're working in corporate America, you're sitting at a VP level or whatever, you know, middle management doesn't matter. You're going to care more than your team cares. So you're going to work harder than your team. That's normal as a leader because you work for your team. They don't work for you. So that's a huge piece of leadership there, but I could go on about this for a long time. So that's a lot there about leadership. That's how I feel. (laughs) And and, and so valuable. And I love how you brought up, I mean, so many things I'm going to try to recap it all. I have a little bit of fairy brain as we speak as I'm healing through something, uh, some health challenges, but yeah, absolutely. You brought up the whole, it's not a gender conversation. And I speak about this listeners, you know, or if this is your first episode, you'll hear me say this many times. It's not a gender conversation, right? We both have masculine and feminine energy within us, right? That's the yin and yang. And the problem is, is that, and and I, I think you'll resonate with this, Maya, most of society or agree with me, most of society, I mean, still to this day is run in a very masculine type of energy. By masculine, I mean, success is hard work, achievement, right? Working hard. Like there's nothing of the being part of it, right? The feminine energy is the being, the empathy, the compassion, right? So just like anything in nature, you need equilibrium, right? If too much of masculine is dominant, right? It's it's not as effective as if you had some of, right, those feminine characteristics inherent within. And like you said, I'm glad that now kind of the tables are turned. Like my husband actually works for a company that's mostly female. Uh, he's one of the only males. It's kind of the opposite of what I experienced in corporate America. But I just think it's amazing that we have evolved through that. But I think, and I don't know if you ever read this book, it's one of the best books to me on just kind of the whole masculine feminine energy and that rebalance. And just like you said, the future is female. I follow that mantra as well. Yeah. As well as I say, God is a female. I'll just say that out there as well. And by female, I mean feminine, not a woman. Because if you read that book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, that's what it talks about. It goes way back in history to how women were suppressed for centuries, right? The old medicine woman that lived in the woods that could heal anybody, she was suppressed and called a witch and woo-woo and banned and shunned deep in the woods. Because why? She she had powers that nobody understood. It's just not understood. And so, like you said, it's that education, it's that awareness. Now that there's more awareness around what a woman is and what do these emotions mean, right? The masculine can understand and come together to unite, right? To really make our fully evolved self, right? We both have masculine and feminine within us, no matter if you're a man or a woman or however you associate. Yep. 
I agree completely. And great book. If you guys haven't read that, yes. read it. Great book. Yes. Yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite books. And it's funny when I started reading it, I was talking to somebody online, a client or something, and she goes, oh gosh, that 500 page book. She goes, there's, that's an old book. She goes, there's so many books that you could read today that are like a hundred pages that would give you all the information you have in that book. And I said, but that kind of ruins the whole mystery. Like it's the stories, right. And the fables and the folklore, like, and how you kind of have to piece the stories laced within it. Yeah. Like that to me is where the magic is. And I loved all 500. I mean, I would probably read it again just because I guarantee you, I don't remember everything that was housed within that book. It's really amazing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you help mentor women to find the leader within them? This is another very loaded question, <laughs> Jessica. Yeah. So, be loaded questions. <laughs> no, these are good questions. These are really good ones. Um, so yeah, I think I kind of mentioned this already. I think it's really important that if you follow me on social media, you'll see me post about this a lot. Like, don't wait for a title. Don't wait for a promotion. Don't wait for permission. That's something yeah. I say a lot. Uh, that post, I think will be out in like a day or two. I don't know. I have them scheduled, but um, that's kind of step one for me is whenever, you know, someone asks me about leadership or advice or anything like that. Um, and it's kind of a common theme throughout the podcast that we talk about, even the people that come on, because I just think that's kind of the first step, understanding that it happens within you, for you. And it starts, you know, again, just starts with you. And that's, again, might sound a little woo-woo-y, like you were saying, um, but I wish I knew that. And that's why that's where I start, because I wish I knew 22-year-old Maya going to corporate America, you know, with, again, all these men that were two and three times my age. And if I had more of a sense of, I had a sense of who I was, but I didn't know who I was as a leader. And I didn't really have direction as far, I just knew I wanted to make a lot of money and I wanted to travel. Those were like, you know, that wasn't really direction. That wasn't, you know, I needed more direction. So that's something, but I really like to break it down into, um, and this is a free guide to your listeners can have this. I'll send the link to you, but yeah, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to break it down into, you need to know your values. That's a huge thing. Like these are pretty basic things that we talk about. Right. And values are huge and they can evolve and change a little bit through your life. But I find that mine have not changed that much in 13, 14 years. Um, you know, I think, again, it's just really, really important that you understand that because that's really going to shape who you are. And it's also going to shape who you want on your team and where you're going and who you're going to work best with up and down, right, in your team. And so when you truly understand your values, you can then start to build on everything else as well, like your personal mission and your vision. Um, those are, are important things as well, because your vision is something that your whole team will always look to, right? If you don't have a clear vision of what you want for your life, and this is also if you don't have a team, right? Because things started to change for me in my life when I had a clear vision. This is why people make vision boards, guys. This It yep. works. Yeah, because exactly. It, people are like, oh, vision boards are woo-woo. No, it works because sometimes we have difficulty with clarity, okay? Clarity in life is essential because... You, so there's a difference. Sometimes people will make a vision board. They're like, I have to live in this house. I have to make exactly $152,000 a year and five cents. You know what I mean? Something ridiculously exact. <laughs> I have to be married to someone who is six foot one, weighs X amount, does this for a living, makes 200,000, whatever, right? And all these specifics. 
I don't really believe in that, but I do believe in clarity, right? Like on your vision board or your mental vision in your life. And this applies to your team, you know, everything that you're doing, you have to have clarity. You have to know where you're going. Where do you want to be in one, two, one, two years, five years? Those are good goals. There's a reason why there's the five-year plan. It does work, but you also have to be flexible enough. And this should be a value for you. Yes. Flexibility is a value. Um, If you're going to be an entrepreneur, Got to be flexible, which you know, Jessica. Yes. That you can't have, you know, I want to make $152,000 a year. No, it's a good goal. But like, hey, if you made $149,000 last year, you killed it. You're good. You know what I mean? You can't be so, that's not what you need to have clarity on. You have to have clarity on what do you really want? Where do you want to go? And how are you going to get there? That's what I mean by, you know, vision. And your mission is why the heck are you doing this? Why are you doing these things? Because if you don't have a why, that's what that really is. Your mission is taking why to the next level. Why are are you doing this? And you're actually making a mission statement behind it. Because a lot of these companies out here, they'll say that we have a vision, a mission, you know, all those things, but it's just crap written on the wall. It's not actually stuff that they live by. You know, I was just going to say that. Do they adhere by those, those values and mission and vision? Yes. Yeah. I I lived this and I worked for one particular company. I tell the long story in my podcast, so I'll keep this really short, but I, I worked for one particular company and I sat down with the CEO. He had, he actually um, sold his company for some nice change in 2020, but I worked for him a couple of years ago and he had no mission, no vision, no nothing. It was the company was doing well though. And I remember sitting down with him and asking him about these things. And he asked me to write them for him. And I said, I can help you. I can ask you the right questions, but nobody can have that, but you, because I'm not going to have the same exact values as you. I'm not going to have the same vision when you started this 10, 15 years ago. And I'm not going to have the same mission because guess what his mission was to sell it. It was to sell it and travel the world with his country. It was short term, right? It was a different thing. For me, I would have come up with something totally different for him. So those are kind of like the key things. And I also, my fourth thing that I always talk about is your purposes. So with women, we typically don't have one purpose in life. We have multiple purposes. So, you know, women tend to think that they only can be a wife or a mom or an entrepreneur or the VP of a company or the CEO of a company. And we kind of put ourselves in boxes. It doesn't mean that you can't be all of those things, but we, we have to like, we don't know how to integrate it all together. And the most successful women that I know have figured out how to weave all those things together. Yes. And they're not ashamed to say, I got to go pick up little Johnny at four o'clock. The company will not burn down. I need to go have a date night with my husband. The company will not burn down. Hey guys, I got to work this weekend, but family time Monday night. You know what I mean? It's about weaving those things together. So understanding what your purposes are. And there's nothing wrong with a woman who wants to be a stay-at-home mom. One of my sisters is. Nothing wrong with that. But if that's your purpose, great. But what are your other purposes? So those are my four pillars, like smashing it really quick for you. And that's how I really help women. It's about defining it in the beginning. So, you know, there's a lot of leadership. I don't really love the term coach. There's a lot of leadership coaches out there and mentors and they're fabulous and they'll help you along the way. I really love to mentor women 
in the beginning and and get them in the beginning and help them. And sometimes you're already along in your journey and you need to get back to your roots. So that's kind of what I specialize in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm in a similar approach, getting kind of people as they want to transition or like the me, the, you know, when I was sitting at my desk, who was like, I need to get the hell out of here. I'm made for more. Um, But thank you for all that. That was like pure gold. And I just want to reiterate that for anyone listening to kind of recap. Um, Number one, know your values right? It all, as you so beautifully say, it all starts with you. And I actually said this yesterday on a podcast interview uh, with another individual. And I said, if you don't know who you are, then who are you, right? Like if you don't know who you are, like who who are you really, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why I always ask the very first question when you talked about purposes, you know, who who is Maya Roffler, right? And it's so funny because everyone has a totally different response. Some people go the traditional, you know, I'm a business owner, I'm a wife, I'm a mom. Some people go really deep. Some people give a blend of it all. But Mm -hmm. I love how you said like a truly successful entrepreneur is all of them, Mm -hmm. right? Who can kind of change their, their frequency, right? To whatever is needed in the present moment. And you're able to kind of pivot and be flexible, right? As you said before, and flexibility is definitely a core value (laughs) that is needed as an entrepreneur. Um, Secondly, your mission. Thirdly, your vision. And lastly, your purposes, which I love how you said is plural, because a lot of the whole purpose, and you know, that was kind of maybe not as dominant anymore in the entrepreneurial or kind of social media world. But for a while, it was like, do you know your purpose? Do you know your purpose? And it was just like oh, everywhere. Yeah. I don't think like you, we have one defined purpose. No. We all have so many purposes in the world. We can have sort of something that we specialize in, like you with leadership and me with mental health, but that is not my only purpose in this life. And so I really just love how you define that. And so for anyone listening, that is really, really valuable advice um, to number one, just start, start with your core values. You know, I have a client too, that that's, that's how she's actually building a brand new offer, like discovering your core values. And you'd be surprised. It sounds cliche, but so many people don't even know what their core values are or what do they want? Like, what do you want? It's the simplest but most profound question you could ask yourself in any moment because that will shift in every second of every day. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Right. And then what do you want out of life? And like continue to ask yourself that question because the answer will ever change based on, you know, what's going on in your life, your experiences, right? The people that you're around. And so it's really important, I think, to visit and revisit all of these, right? When you're starting pivoting. Or even just you need a refresh, you know, 2020, like that threw me for a loop. And I've been in business since 2014 ish, 2015, but 2020 was just like a whole different ballgame. And the social media world has changed significantly since I first started my business. Uh, It was a lot easier. And now it's, it's a very infiltrated market. And so you really have to like niche in, right? And really know who you are. And something else you brought up that I love, and I'm gonna try to retrieve this all from my brain is you mentioned someone who said they're focusing on the profits. Yep. That is a huge mistake because when you mm-hmm. focus on the money first, not only do people feel that online when you're posting, when you're out in the world, it, it's like it bleeds through everything that you do. And that's not your purpose. Your purpose is not to make X amount of you know $200,000 a year. Yep. Your purpose is to serve. Mm-hmm. So how do you want to serve humanity? Right, is what I always ask myself. And I teach a concept um, you probably know about this. It's Japanese concept called Ikigai, right? Mm-hmm. It's your reason for being, right? And so answering those sort of four simple but profound questions gives you so much clarity, as you said, on like, who are you? Like, what does the world need? And what can you offer the world, right? It's not 
none of those questions ask, you know, how much you want to make. Of course, we we can't do this for free, right? I mean, it's not a business unless you make money, but that's that's a byproduct of doing what you love, right? And being of service and truly just knowing who you are at your core. So other people feel that. Like I've gotten that from day one and it's such a compliment to me. And people say, well, I've never met you, but like, I feel like I know exactly who you are. And then they meet me and they're like, oh, you look just like your Instagram. You're literally the same person. It's like, that's who I wanted. I'm authentic. Like I am who I say I am. I look how I say I look. And there's just a lot out there that's not like that. Um, So I'm glad that you really resonate with that as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree completely. Everything you just said is, is so true. And yeah, I mean, to hone in on that again, just, I used to wonder because I was so, when I was 22 going to corporate, I was so like, I need to go to the top. I need to, and I mean, I did, I did very well for myself in my twenties. I really did. And, um, I was very money driven and you can be successful. You can, but you're not going to be fulfilled. And so I love that you're, you're bringing that up and kind of honing in on that, because if that's what you're driving towards, then go into finances or go into investing or go into something like that. Don't go into something like this that you're saying, like, don't, because people used to say to me when you're, when I was young, right. I mean, I guess we're still young, but you know what I mean? They used to say, you know, do what you're passionate about and the money will come. And I used to be like, oh no, you got to work really hard. You got to get your money. And like, don't get me wrong. You do need to work hard, but I love how you say you need to be in balance. This is so awesome what you're saying, because it's so true, but it's also very true when you're doing what you love and you're passionate about, and you feel like you're serving, you said that so well. Um, the money does come guys. It does. Like yes. it really We're does. Living proof, so. yeah. yeah, it really does. So, and it happens a lot faster than you realize, but it's not going to happen overnight. So that it's like those two sides, again, being balanced and understanding it does take hard work, but yeah. you also need to be balanced. It does happen quicker than you would think, but it doesn't happen overnight. So just wanted to add that, but yeah, very well said. Yeah. All, all really good thoughts. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, what do you feel? And I know we are kind of running short on time, so I want to really be mindful of your time, but I just have a few, one last leadership question, and then we'll kind of move into uh, my rapid fire questions that I ask all my guests. Sure. Do you feel the world needs more leaders and why? Always. Yeah, definitely. Um, because I think we're not changing fast enough, right? Like I was speaking about earlier and, um, you were mentioning as well. I definitely think we need more leaders because there's so many things. There's so many topics. There's so many, yeah, so many topics, so many issues, so many, um, things being created every single day that we need people to lead in. Um, such a huge question. Yeah. My, my, we definitely do. And I think even in existing, you know, areas like politics and, you know, just areas that have been around forever, um, we need more leaders because I think, you know, I guess there always needs to be people that follow, but I think honestly, every single person, I really do believe what I, what I say and I preach and I post about, um, everybody's the leader of their life. Everybody's a leader. So we need more leaders and we need people to realize that you are a leader. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to lead a team or, you know, lead a company or something like that. That's why we need more leaders. We need people to understand that they need to take charge of their own life. And when everybody is leading their own life, what an incredible world we will be living in. So that's why I say that. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And you answered another question that I was going to ask, because I know there's someone listening who's going to say, well, I'm not the leader type. Yep. Right. But you nailed that so well. It's like, no, everyone is the leader of their own life. And really, what does that mean? Just taking charge, right? You don't have to lead a team. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to be a mother even. You just have to be the leader and the advocate of your own life. And I actually saw a really good quote this morning. And I just want to share it just because it ties all into this. Um, Care about what other people think. Again, giving away your energy, not being a leader of your own life. Care about what other people think and you will always be their prisoner. Lao Tzu. I love that one. Mm -hmm. So again, inspiration, right? I mean, I have goosebumps even as I say it and I've read it like five times already and shared it to so many people because even as entrepreneurs, we're like spread so thin. And like, I don't know about you, but I'm extremely empathic and sometimes I overgive, right? And then if I don't get that back, it's like, oh, you know what I mean? So it's like, care what other people think and you always be a prisoner. You have to be a leader of your own life. It starts with you, as you said so beautifully. I love that. Yeah, you said it beautifully. Yeah, I agree. And I love that quote. Great quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was wonderful. So just some last rapid fire questions. What sure. quote inspires your life and work? Oh my God. Um, I think, I mean, there's a couple of them. The one quote that I really love is that leaders are made, they're not born. Um, that's a really great one. Um, there's so many, I mean, there's so many quotes out there. Um, the quote that I personally say, so that's a huge one for me in leadership. Um, the quote that people use for me all the time that I was quoted on for the past two, three years is that it's an imperative for women to be financially independent. That is a huge, huge thing for me. Um and I, I don't care what that looks like for you. Um, I, again, like I said, my own sister's a stay-at-home mom, but she flips furniture and things like that. So, you know, I mean, I think, again, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. You can be the happiest marriage, happiest partnership, happiest whatever, fill in the blank. Um, life happens, right? And I'm not talking about divorce. I'm talking about, you know, I've seen the dark side of what can happen in life. I lost my brother at 27 years old. So life happens. So it's imperative to be financially independent, especially as a woman, um, because men are typically, you know, that we're still going through that. Um, But yeah, also, I I really truly believe um, it's uh, Vince Lombardi. Yeah, leaders are are made, they're not born. And there's a little more to that quote, but I'd like to really focus on that and to your point too, the reason I love that quote is because, you know, I have subject matter experts that I work with sometimes things like that. And they're like, I have no business leading a team, but you lead yourself. We're not, we're not born this way. You can be made into this with self-realization. So I love that quote. Yeah. I love that. Especially coming from Vince Lombardi. Such a great mm-hmm. quote. Thank you so much for sharing. And I love the the second quote. It is imperative for women to be financially independent Um, I was raised that way. So it's inherent within me. But for anyone listening, I think that's just really great advice. Like my mother wasn't. And she just raised me to always be financially independent, always be financial, like always be able to stand on your own two feet is what she always used to say. And I just think that's really valuable advice uh, for us as women to have that same financial independence as men have for centuries. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. What book uh, has changed your life? Um, 
many, many books. Um, now I would say that it's mostly books about death. So it's not as exciting for you guys listening. Um, so mostly books about surviving siblings. I actually have two authors on coming on the podcast in September and then also in November. Um, so surviving sibling loss, uh, by Dr. Dawn DiRamondo. She was the one who actually, I mean, I, I would say this changed my entire life. She's the one who actually inspired me to create the Surviving Siblings podcast um, that gave me the push to do that. So um, probably that that book is the one that comes to mind right now. Yeah. Well, thank you. Surviving Sibling Loss. And I'll link that up in the show notes as mm-hmm. well. Um, all right. So last question, Maya. <laughs> Being the Alive podcast, what makes you come alive? Doing things that I know make a difference in people's lives. Uh, So there's nothing that I do, no aspect of any of my businesses that don't change or impact people's lives in some kind of way. I realized that it made me feel energized, inspired, alive. I love that. Um, It's just, it's a feeling that you can't get from an X amount of money, a feeling you can't get from, I don't know, whatever, right? Fill in the blank. Um, words of affirmation, any, whatever, right? A, a medal, a this, a that, an award, whatever. Knowing that you've changed somebody's life or you've impacted their life for the positive, I mean, it's the most humbling, rewarding experience ever. And it makes me feel like I'm going to live a million more years and I have so much more work to do in a positive way. Yeah. And it really energizes me. So definitely that. And that's why I do both of the podcasts and uh, I dig deep and I'm really vulnerable. So that knowing that I can be vulnerable um, and having that awakening in my life at about 30 years old was that makes me feel alive. Yeah. Wow. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for your vulnerability here on the podcast. Uh, Listeners, definitely go check out the My Opinion podcast, the Surviving Siblings podcast. How else uh, can our listeners stay connected with you, Maya? Sure. Um, you can check out, uh, I'm, I'm on Instagram a lot. So it's at Maya Roffler or uh, at My Opinion Podcast. Um, or you can connect with me on, um, I do TikTok sometimes too. So at Maya Roffler or at Surviving Siblings Podcast. Um, same for the Instagram too, if you're interested in the podcast, you can go to my website, myroffler.com. Uh, it has everything on there, all the podcasts, all that stuff. And um, yeah, so both podcasts are on there. My business is on there. The surviving siblings.com um, is where you can go if you're interested in that podcast. But yeah, all the links, myroffler.com is the easiest. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, your energy and your wisdom today with so much gratitude. Uh, I thank you. And on behalf of the listeners, I just want to thank you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to share the love with somebody in your world that really needs this message today. And if you're feeling extra generous, I would absolutely love if you would subscribe to my show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and rate and review. Interested to know how this show has helped you come alive.